It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist. And today's nutritional information is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company created to bring you life-changing nutritional information. You know, we have a lot to talk about today because nutrition topics have been in the front page news all week. It's been fun. (laughs) So Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution show Tuesday night really addressed how fast food and processed poor quality foods are causing a health crisis in the U.S. In fact, he said it's much stronger. He said these foods are killing us (laughs) long before our time. I love the way he's out there blunt. Yes. Yes. We need that. (laughs) And Gary Tobbs. And, you know, Gary Tobbs was on our show about three weeks ago. And he's the author of Why We Get Fat, had a wonderful, but a long, it was long article. <laughs> yeah. It was about 17 pages. Is Sugar Toxic the Bitter Truth? And he was reviewing that research in the New- Sunday New York Times. Yes. And you can actually go to YouTube and watch a great video called Sugar Bitter Truth. And honestly, over 50,000 people have viewed that Sugar Bitter Truth Every month are viewing it, 50,000 people. And since I think it was posted like about a year and a half ago or a year ago. So, you know, so it does seem as though a lot of people are concerned about their health and how foods are affecting them. At least it seems like that. They're they're getting that. They're cluing into that. Yeah. Yeah. So today we're opening up the phone lines for Ask the Nutritionist. And our phone number is... 651-641-1071. And, you know, I always invite Anna Derhock to join me as our co-host on Ask the Nutritionist. Mm -hmm. Anna is a licensed nutritionist with both a bachelor's degree and her master's degree in nutrition. And I can count on (laughs) Anna to know the answer. She reads the research and she still remembers it. (laughs) I read the research, but I don't always remember it now. (laughs) So many people know Anna because she teaches many of our classes through local companies, Mm -hmm. lots of companies you've been out teaching in their wellness parts and all kinds of things. Yes. And you do a lot of community classes. And, of course, you see clients. But So once you're in a class that Anna's teaching, (laughs) you know, you really want to get on the nutrition bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Because you want to have as much fun as she has. That's right. On a daily basis. Yes. (laughs) And the energy to do it. Yes. So So it's nice having you here, Anna. (laughs) Thanks, Dar. I I love doing these shows with you. Um, And I also just want to remind everyone that I work several Saturdays each month because my my husband is able to stay home with my three young children. Um, And so if you need... You know, if you need one during um, the weekend on a Saturday, I'm available. I'm usually in our St. Paul office. So, And actually, you're working today. And I'm working today, yes. And I think you do have an opening later in the day. Yes, so. if you if you need to get in. Um, so, But if you do have questions today, give us a call at 651-641-1071. And I just have to give a shout out to my family because I know that Genevieve's at least up. She was up before I left. Oh, that's great. So anyway, hello. 
<laughs> Mama says hello. Yes. So. We do have a call already, Dar. Okay, you we'll, take we'll a start. Couple? Okay, sure. All right, All right so we're going to take, let's see, I think it's Jenny on line one. She has a cholesterol on, or she has a cholesterol um, question. Okay. Hello. Good, Good morning, morning, Jenny. Um, I took your class, the weight and wellness class. I ate 95% perfectly. Mm-hmm. And the 5% was maybe missing a meal. I okay. didn't okay. eat anything bad because I felt so good eating that way. Mm-hmm. Um, a year later, I went to my doctor. Okay. I had my cholesterol checked. It went from an 197 to 240, no, to 288. Then I went back a month later and it went to 249. I ate well cut salmon, free range beef. Um, so grass-fed beef, free-range chicken. Um, so give us your breakdown of cholesterol. Okay. Yeah. On the 288, my triglycerides were 81. Perfect. My um, HDL was 59. Okay. My LDL was 210. 210. On my 249, the triglycerides were 61. The HDL was 55 and the LDL was 182. Mm-hmm. Why did it go up like that? Well, <laughs> um, I think that, you know, your HDL is good. It probably went up from where it was before when you were eating maybe not the weight and wellness way. Mm-hmm. And your triglycerides certainly is perfect. Yep. And that's awesome. one of the big risk factors. You know, triglycerides is actually kind of what we call sugar fat in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a sugar fat syrup kind of thing Is that's one of the leading causes of possible leading cause of heart disease if when that number right. is high. Mm-hmm. Like if it was three or 400, that would not be good. So now mm-hmm. your your question is, why did your LDL go up? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of things that we would look at is, I'm not sure how old you are, but if you're sliding into those menopause years. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm 53. Okay. okay. What happens is at the beginning of menopause, you know, one of the things that LDL does is it helps to make hormones in our body. So there is maybe a couple of years that, and I see this often yeah. with women in beginning of menopause, is that their LDL actually goes up because their body's getting a message, make me more hormones. Mm -hmm. And so the liver makes more LDL uh, cholesterol. So my guess is if you just continue to eat this way in maybe a couple of years, this will all drop down. In fact, it's kind of interesting because you had, you went from, uh, let's see, uh, you know, the first time you had it, your LDL was 210. Mm -hmm. And then very, in a very short time, it dropped down to 182. So my mm-hmm. guess is in another year, it'll probably drop down to, you know, the 140. And then after that, it'll drop down, you know, much lower. Okay. Because yeah. you're not feeding any, unless you're taking some kind of medication that is affecting I'm how not. your liver is working. Yep. That would be the only thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's just beginning a menopause, that's that's because it's uh, your body's wanting to make more hormones. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and the same thing happened with my mom, Ginny. And she's um, 54, so, um, and, you know, I just told her she shouldn't be concerned with it because she eats very well, kind of like you were talking about, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I really do feel much better. Every day I think, oh, 
I don't have this ache. I don't have this yep. pain. This is different. This yep. is, right. and it's a great class. I love eating this way. I feel much better. Good. Everyone should do it. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Ginny. <laughs> great. Um, so, do you, should we take another sure, call? Sure. Let's just right. go ahead. So, What's what we're planning to do today? All right, Michelle, you have a question about carbohydrates. Um. Yes. I um heard part of your program weeks ago when you had Gary on. I yes. read his book twice. Yes. <laughs> Good and for you. I awesome. honestly, I honestly, in what he has to say about carbs making people fat and some of the other evidence. Um, because when I cut out the carbs, my um blood pressure went down, and there was some other stuff that I had. My blood sugars went down, and everything, but. I can't maintain that really low carb like that. So my question is, how much carbs is too much? <laughs> wow. That's a good question. So I don't know. Anna, just pop in with, as I talk, yeah. too, yep. because you can talk right over me if you want to. <laughs> you know, one of the things is when you're looking at carbs, you have to look at your own personal body chemistry. Yep. I can't tolerate very many carbs or I'm going to have inflammation and my blood pressure is going to go up and my blood sugars are going to go up. So I mainly do lower carb vegetables with meat and good fat. But other people, they can have some, you know, they can have some rice. They can have some quinoa. They can have some different grains. So, Anna, how? because you're so much younger, you must be able to tolerate more. I do. um, I, I tolerate carbohydrates okay as long as I'm exercising. I mean, and that's that's what I find is that um, obviously my body needs a little bit more carbohydrates um, when I'm exercising regularly. Um, so it really matters with your activity level, but also what Dar said, because if I eat too many carbohydrates, I, I see the fat gain right around the middle. I'm definitely apple shaped. I, I tend to be more insulin resistant if I eat yep. too many of those um, complex carbs, as we call them. So, I mean... And it's hard to put a, you know, a gram limit on carbohydrates. You really have to look at your body type, you know, whether you have more of the fat around the middle um, and how you react to carbohydrates. If they make you sleepy, if you eat too many, all that stuff. So, okay. Yeah. I just thought maybe there might be kind of a, kind of a magic number because I know everybody's different. Well, but you know, to try I, to sit I, and figure that out is really difficult because, you, well, you, you know, know one, things change from one week to the next. <laughs> one one possible way to look at this is that's what when we teach our classes, mm-hmm. we look at somewhere between 20 and 30 grams of carbohydrates mm-hmm. per meal yep. and about 10 for a snack. And so that will catch most people. Yep. And and again, like you like Anna said, level of activity, uh, level of insulin resistance. But that's a good place to start, and yeah. it's it's an easy way of eating to maintain, right? Uh, because it doesn't get boring for you. No, it doesn't. You have lots of variety still. No. And I, I okay. like, like I tell my class, between one twenty and one fifty is a good gram number of carbohydrates per day, and that's kind of what oh. Dara is saying. You know, between twenty and thirty for a meal, yeah. and ten for a snack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great so. question. All right. I'll, I'll start there. All okay. right. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Dar, we need to take a quick break. Oh, um, so you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, but um, I did want to I did want to ca- kind of talk about um, how um, if you, there's a lot of women who are concerned about 
excessive facial hair. Um, if you're, you are one of those and tend to face that uh, problem, you may want to watch the video on YouTube called Sugar the Bitter Truth because excess sugar, um, caffeine, and undue emotional stress can actually overstimulate the adrenal glands and cause that excessive facial hair in women. And actually 80% of the sugar we consume is hidden in our foods. Um, for example, ketchup is one-third sugar. One-third. One-third. And how many of you eat ketchup on a daily basis? Um, some some people may do that. Um, a small chocolate milk is seven teaspoons of sugar. Um, one Coke is 17 teaspoons of sugar. So if you have questions about that or anything else, give us a call, 651-641-1071. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, the week of May 9th, we have the Weight and Wellness series of classes starting in several locations. So if you want an eating plan that makes sense, no starvation, real food, and want a plan that improves your health, your metabolism, your moods, you know, sign up for the Weight and Wellness class series. Is there a class near you? Well, I hope so, <laughs> because here are a few locations. We have St. Paul, of course, Wyzetta. Maple Grove, North Oaks, Lakeville, Chanhassen, Andover, Edina, Stillwater. So you get six classes. They're two hours each, once a week. And, you know, go to weightandwellness.com or you can call 651-699-3438. And Anna, which one are you teaching? I'm teaching the Maple Grove one. Maple Grove. So oh. there you are. You better sign up. What a fun up. class. Come on. <laughs> Um, well, Dar, we um, we kind of left off with um, with callers, but callers. we have so many, so we're going to take another one. Okay, we have Dan, we have Dan on line three. Dan, did you have a question about indigestion? Good morning, yes, Dan. Thanks. Hi. Um, I I've taken uh, some of your classes, and I'm really striving to eat eat the well, weight and wellness way. Okay, but there are still times where um, I get indigestion or I get ga- a gassy stomach, you know, bloated. Yeah. Is there a, after that has begun, um, is there any way to reduce those symptoms or alleviate those symptoms without taking like Metamucil or I mean Melanta or something like that? Definitely. <laughs> but the I mean Go the ahead. Go ahead. the key is to try to figure out those foods that are causing that bloating and gas beforehand because mm-hmm. there I mean there's several out there depending on your, you know, your the health of your gut. Um okay. So one possibility would be gluten. Gluten is one of the biggest ones. So maybe the breads and the pastas. Yep. Or or dairy. Dairy is a huge one. Um, 
And um, so I would really kind of try to pinpoint it, um, whether it's just cutting that, that those two out or one of them out at once for three or four weeks. See mm-hmm. if, if you don't get any bloating and gas, then it's probably th- that specific food, type of food. Um, sure. If I mean, obviously, you can take um, every once in a while, if you know I've gone out to eat and I don't realize something's in my food, I will take um, a good probiotic, which I take our Bifido Balance, mm-hmm. um, and that will, within an hour, it'll help reduce that bloating and you know gas. Um, so that's something you can do, you know, you know, for acute system- symptoms. But really, the biggest thing is you want to pinpoint what's causing it. I think okay. the the other thing is, Dan, a lot of us take uh, bifidobacteria every day. Every day, yeah. You know, morning and night because it's the good bacteria that we have in our intestinal tract. And mm-hmm. actually, it reduces your risk of colon cancer by 50%. And so... It's just I mean, overall just, good. Yeah, that's why I take it every morning and every night. Just I, I want that insurance policy. Yep. Yeah. So, so I'm, yeah. you know, so just kind of, kind of look at your foods and see if another one is soy. Yeah. Soy is very difficult to digest. Yeah. Okay. So it gives gas. It does create gas for a lot of people. It's in a lot of my processed next, foods. My next thing was to get rid of uh, bread and pastas in my diet. I don't, yep. I don't eat too much of that, but I'm. Moving toward that, I've gotten rid of some things in the past, and no, that's the next thing that I want to kind of... And that'll probably do it for you. Yep, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for the call today. Thanks, Dan. Bye. Bye. Um, And then we have Mike. Mike has... We have men listening. Yes. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Um, Mike, you had a question about reflux? Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Hello. 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 Am I on? Yes, you you are. are. You had a question? I have a son that has um, esophageal rings with reflux. Um, he has difficulty swallowing some foods, and then he'll um, um, want to tend to choke on mm-hmm. the food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And um, he's gone to the doctors, and they've given him a scope and everything, and they found that he had some esophageal rings. And I wanted to find out if there's any food that he could have that would um, tend to minimize that reaction and maybe help correct it. Well, uh, how old is your son? 30. 30, okay. I think one of the things that we would definitely look at is eliminating the gluten. And so get rid of the grains. I mean, you know, get rid of the gluten grains. So the pastas, you know, kind of what I said just a few minutes ago is get rid of the breads. I mean, those are really inflammatory. And that's what's happening at whole areas getting inflamed. Yeah. And so, and then, Anna, you would get rid of the... I'd probably get rid of the dairy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the dairy because that's those, Cause you know... Because they both kind of can cause too much acidity in the stomach and then the food comes up yeah. anyway and... And it causes inflammation, yep. both of those. It's a yeah. pr- it's the protein in both the, the, the you know, the like the bread and... and, and the yeah. yeah. And also then the next one would be soy. Yeah. Again, and if you eliminate all those things, and the interesting thing is that they have found that meat is one of the easiest things to digest. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I think you want kind of well-cooked meat that's soft, yeah. easy to you know to use, and then probably I would say cooked vegetables rather, rather than even raw vegetables yeah. to start out with until you get some of that area healed up. And I certainly would do a lot of bifidobacteria and glutamine to help to reduce the inflammation and to do more of the healing of the intestinal tract. I think, 
um, I think he, a consultation with one of the of the nutritionists would make very good sense for him, because okay. he has yeah. a serious health problem. Right. Okay. You know that's and and you can eliminate these things. Yeah. You don't have to have it continue to get worse and worse, and eventually turn into cancer or something like that. So, yeah. good call. Yes. Thank you for calling okay. us. Thank Thanks, you Mike. so much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bye. Bye. And then we have um, Pamela on. Line five. Pamela, did you have some questions for us this morning? I do. I do. I have a couple quick ones. The first one is I was speaking to Cassie and my, I was low on ferritin. Yep. So I'm taking the reacted iron and I don't remember if she said to take it with vitamin C and don't take it with calcium or, but anyways, I've been taking it with my protein shake in the morning. Is that Okay. Anna, you're answering this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you yes, you you the, the, with the protein shake is fine because um, you always want to take iron on a full stomach. Okay, um, but the calcium will help, or not the calcium, the vitamin C will help with the absorption. Okay, so I'd take vitamin C with it. Okay, um, and as for the calcium, um, I thought that's what she said, and I couldn't remember. I usually write it on the bottle, but I didn't this time. Yep, um, ca- sometimes minerals compete. Um, for binding sites, so I would probably take it away from your calcium for now. For now. Um, okay, so should I be concerned about taking it with the the protein shake with the yogurt and my protein shake and the calcium? Oh, I no. you don't have to be no, concerned not, about that. Yeah, there's and there's not a ton of calcium in yogurt anyway. So okay, yeah. And then I just had another quick, simple question. Yeah. Now the vitamin D level, I know primarily your audience is women. But when it comes to like vitamin D between 50 and 80, does that apply to men? Yes. And does do all the, the levels, except probably for calcium, apply to men also? Well, for vitamin D, it yeah. certainly does. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Yep. I, definitely. Yep. You always want it to be at least 50. Yep. Yep. Okay. Is there any of the, like a couple other ones that should be the same for, that are generally the same for men and women? Well, it was certainly like B12 and certainly yep. like ferritin and all those would be the same. Sure. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Definitely. All right. Very interesting questions. Yeah. Thank you thank for calling you, in this. All right. Thank you. And I suppose, Anna, we I don't need know a break. You, we need to have a break. Yes. yes. But we will get to your questions. So please hold on. Um, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And many of my clients are actually concerned about dry eyes. Yes, they are. Um, and it's amazing, but it's becoming more common. And it's just some of the common causes of dry eyes, I'd say the number one would be dehydration. Um, and this is due to, uh, it could be due to lack of water consumption. It could be possibly you're on a diuretic for blood pre- lowering blood pressure, um, which pulls water out of your body. Um, and... Another couple of different things it could be, it could be lack of vitamin A or zinc, and this can actually hinder mucus secretion because vitamin A and and, um, both zinc are important for that. So, um, you know, taking a tablespoon of cod liver oil um, each day is actually a very easy way to make sure you're getting plenty of vitamin A. Um, And then you might need to supplement with a zinc capsule. So, um, and then again... Everybody should be on a good omega-3 fatty acid exactly. from fish oil. So um, I would say at least 2,000 milligrams to help with the dry eyes. Um, if you have questions for us, again, call, call um, 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Dara Kavis, licensed nutritionist. I'm here with Anna Derhock, licensed nutritionist. 
and the mother of three young children and a wonderful nutrition educator and a counselor and a fun (laughs) person to work with all the time. So let's see what your fingernails say about your health. You know, an isolated white spot often indicates a diet deficient of zinc and protein. And frequent small white spots on your fingernails is often a result of prolonged deficiency of zinc. Yes. Or protein. Yes. White spots on the nails usually is the result of a lack of protein, lack of zinc, and even sometimes B6. So Yeah. And and Dar, we know that zinc and B6 both come from protein. Yes. So it comes back to eating real foods, making sure you get enough protein, and you know, and sometimes you do need to take a supplement, but that's huge. I mean, protein is huge when it comes to your nails and your hair and all that stuff. So so Anna, did you know Kristen Gunderson, one of our nutrition educators, mm-hmm. ran uh, ran Boston, Boston last? Well, it was last Monday. Yes, and and she is actually teaching a class. Yes, and it's called Peak Performance. Yes, it's um, it's basically for those who are trying to you know have wonderful times in marathons, triathlons, um, and she's teaching it Monday night. Monday night, or it's even for people that are. You know, maybe training to play baseball, yeah, or getting ready for football, or just getting into shape and having you know or having dance better or, better nutrition. Yes, yep, yeah, better nutrition so you feel better as you work out. Yes, or even people that do kettlebells. Yes, like you, Dar <laughs> <laughs> or Leah. I know. I think Leah got you started on those. So, <laughs> so anyway, yes. Um, and then we also had a caller um about um when we were talking about the excessive excessive facial hair. Um, if you're a woman who s- suffers with this, um, it's really about getting the sugar out um, and they talk about that on that um, YouTube um, sugar the bitter truth but also caffeine excessive caffeine can also you know um, increase the facial hair so you know cut the sugar out um, get the caffeine out if that's a problem for you as well so we have lots of callers yes. I know lots of callers so all right so Janet good morning Hi. good morning you had a question about diabetes yeah, my husband um, is in his late 50s, and he had just gone in this past week, and the doctor had told him he's a um, borderline diabetic. And I was just wondering if you could give us a place to kind of start and give us clue us in on a little bit more, and I wouldn't mind hanging up, and you could talk about it if you would mind. Oh, that would be fine. Sure, sure. sure. Thanks, gals. Thanks, All right, Janet. thank you. Yeah, bye. Well, you know, I, I was just going to ask her if the, she's ever taken any of our classes. A good place to start, well, we have actually a class all blood sugar solutions or diabetes or yes. you know we have changed the name a couple of times <laughs> but we do have a blood sugar class that is very good mm-hmm. or we have our weight and wellness classes that is really covers more so that's a possibility but i think yes. it's it's really important to understand what causes your blood sugar to go up right and you know we have an epidemic of diabetes now type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. and we always look at diabetes as it's it's coming from your food. Yep. It's coming from those processed carbohydrates, too many. Yep. They're all over. They're yeah. hiding every place. Every place you go, you can grab one. Yes. So, you know, when I think about that, I think you have to really reduce those processed carbohydrates. I know I have a perfect story to do. I do. <laughs> I have a brother that is has type 2 diabetes, and he. I talked to him last Sunday, and he said, well, I just made bread. And I said, what <laughs> did you do? I said, why are you making bread? Well, you know, and it's like some of those habits that people get into, 
It's it's like Anna making brownies. Yes. Yeah, Can we you make just brownies. Yeah, no I don't. <laughs> Cuz I could eat half a pan if I let myself. Exactly. Yep. So in or you know like Julia, I heard her sing, <laughs> went to the cupcake yes. place and whole box of cupcakes, ate them all. Those are the things that get our blood sugars going. Yes. And yep. so processed grain carbohydrates, sugar, any of those things are going to make our blood sugars go up. Soda. Yes, yeah, so does the one of the worst. Exactly. Yep. And so really, I mean, um, just, you know, adding more of those whole foods. So making sure you're having protein with each meal, mm-hmm. you know, adding in the vegetable carbohydrates rather than the grain carbohydrates. And um, good fat. And good fat is huge. That's what actually stabilizes the blood sugar. Exactly. So that's what you want to focus on, you guys, before, you know, um, really start to do, make sure you're getting protein at breakfast and each meal. Um, until you maybe get to one of our classes, because um, that's that's really important. You know, and we often talk about a great breakfast is to have a couple of eggs, and mm-hmm. we do think free-range, organic-type eggs are the best, Yep, cooked in some butter yeah. with some vegetables, yeah. you know? I mean, some broccoli and a little bit of sweet potato or something like that. Yep. It's very filling, and it's very stabilizing for the blood sugar. And then follow that up in the, you know, mid-morning with a little bit of meat and maybe a half an apple. Yep. And a handful of nuts. Nuts. So that, again, you're stabilizing your blood sugar. So, you know, and again, like chili is a great food for blood sugar stabilizing as long as they don't put sugar in it. Yes. You know, the kind that you make at home with real tomatoes and real kidney beans, but more meat than kidney beans. Because beans are carbohydrates. Exactly. So I don't know. That- <laughs> Hopefully that helps you out because that's, I mean, that's really what we want you doing, especially for those blood sugars to stay normalized. And, so. you know, one of the other things that I think people forget is if you eat four chips, mm-hmm. four potato chips. One teaspoon of sugar. One teaspoon, three corn chips. Yeah. It doesn't have to taste te- sweet to turn into sugar. Yes. Popcorn, hu- b- biggest, yes. and they tell p- diabetics all the time it's a great snack. It's not. It's probably one of the worst things for your blood sugar. So um, just be aware of that. It doesn't have to taste sweet. Um, I hope we... Yes. <laughs> I hope that was helpful. Um, but we have another caller on line three. Tracy, you had a question? Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Tracy. Good morning to you. Hello? Tracy? Hi. Hi yes, there. my dad is... Hello? Oh. Did you lose her? No. Oh. Tracy? Hi. Hi. Oh. There we are. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Can you... I'm here. Okay. Yes. Oh, sorry. My dad is 70, and he was recently diagnosed with prostate cancer, and I mean very recently, so we don't really know about his treatment options or really how far it is, but I thought from a nutritional perspective... Is there anything I can advise him to start doing differently? So is he a sugar eater? Um, not, not, not a huge sugar eater, no. Well, I, I think, you know, that's the kind of stuff that really he has to cut out because mm-hmm. um, sugar kind of, you know, cancer kind of likes sugar. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those the sugars and the processed carbs, again, that we've just been talking about, uh, I'd certainly eliminate that. And then I'd start eating a lot of vegetables. Yeah. Just, you know, get more of those antioxidants, lots of antioxidants. Yeah. And, you know, and, and eliminate soy. Yeah. Soy oh, yes. feeds cancer, specifically yeah. prostate and breast cancer. Yes. Eliminate what did you say? Soy. Any soy. type of soy in yeah. the diet. And um, and soy is hidden in a lot of food. So, yeah. you know, it's going back to doing your own cooking. Yeah. 
and where you're really doing real foods. And honestly, I if I when I'm working with people with cancer, and you probably do too, Anna, mm-hmm. we really recommend that people switch over to eating organic, organic whenever possible. Yeah, yep. and um, because you need to stay away from all those pesticides that turn into free radicals yep. that damage the cells. Yeah, that just fuel that cancer growth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Well, my mom's listening now, too, so... Okay, great. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure that we follow, try to follow that. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Tracy. For the call. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. So, Anna, do should we take another call, or are you going to... Yeah, we'll let's we take t- one more call, okay. and then we need to take a break. Okay. Um, hello, Debbie. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I, I have a question. I had my hormone levels tested, um, the saliva test through the ZRT laboratory yep. back in December because I was having a lot of trouble with headaches and kind of feelings of hypoglycemia before my um, period started. Yes. Okay. And I want to tell you what my numbers are and, and see, it, maybe get some feedback from you on that. Um, I was using the Metagenics Estrofactors like okay. twice a day. Okay. Every day prior to taking this test, so I don't know if that threw any of the numbers off or not. But my estradiol level was one, was point seven. My progesterone was eighty three, and so it said my ratio was one hundred and nineteen, and then my DHEA was one point nine. So I I did start using the progesterone cream. Yes. Like two mm-hmm. weeks before my cycle and. That actually helped a lot with the headaches before my cycle, but then I started getting like um, a migraine a week after my cycle started. I think you should come visit one. Or have you been in to, to see? I, I did see Kara prior to having this testing done. Okay. And um, I, she I recommended think, getting the testing done, but I have yeah. not been. Yeah, I think you need to get back in because it's, you know, we have to really look at these numbers carefully and. Figure out, okay, do maybe you need more estrofactors, maybe you need more progesterone to balance this out. Right. So make an appointment, make another appointment with Cara, and I think that would be the most helpful. Okay, mm-hmm. and then I have another quick question. Sure. You guys, I know you had a caller about vitamin D. Yes. And I did have my vitamin D tested, and some, I went, you know, went through my doctor, and she ordered it through her lab, and it was really expensive. It was like $300 to get it tested. Really? Yeah. Wow. Do you have, is there some place where you can just go and get your blood drawn and have it tested without having to have the doctor send it in through insurance and everything? Because well, I have a really high deductible on my insurance plan. Well, you know, that's a one that's something we're going to have to look into because my understanding is that I've always thought that the test for vitamin D was like $20. Yeah. No, mine was really expensive. I wonder if they're really in you know, that's a good question. Um, you know, email would you if you don't mind email yeah. that question to Kara. Okay. And then we'll get it researched. Yeah. Okay. That that's that just the best really we high. can do. Yeah. yeah. Seems yeah. extremely high. So, and I would also encourage your caller that had the gas problems to cut out the gluten because I did that and the gas went away completely. Same, yep. same with me, Tracy. Yep. It was and, it's huge. But the biggest problem is finding the gluten because it hides in so many things. You're exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, thanks, Tracy. Um, we need or Debbie, sorry, we need to take a quick break. So, um, you. you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition and. If you have put on your spring clothes and they feel a little tight, the scale was not nice to you and you have decided to lose weight, but you want a healthy eating plan, um, we have just the solution. Nutrition for Weight Loss actually starts um, in um, 
this next coming week. So Tuesday, mm-hmm. April 24th is when it starts. It's a, it's a great class, 12 weeks. You have two individual consultations with the nutritionist, and we have it starting in St. Paul, Lakeville, Wyzetta, North Oaks, Maple Grove, and at Andover. Yes, very good. Sign up. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you need some inspiration to tackle those extra pounds, I invite you to read Nell Call's blog. It's My Life Lived with Fat. Now, Nell has lost 90 pounds. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And she's done it with nutrition for weight loss. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. Uh, You know, 90 pounds. Um, To find Nell's blog, just go to mylifelivedwithfat.wordpress.com. I'll say that again. MyLifeLivedWithFat.wordpress.com. And there she is. Yes. And she's uh, got some great ideas. So, so, and uh, I have another thing is, um, you know, I don't know if people are having problems with osteoporosis, but next week, Cassie and Tamara and a special guest, a client, actually, uh, one of my clients, uh, Joanne ne- Nedstead. Nice. Say that for me. Ne- Nedstead. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Tells us the secrets of building strong, healthy bones. Yes. And so it's really it be a great she show. Has an inspirational story. Yes. But we have um, several callers still. So we're going to go to Cheryl. And Cheryl, you're on. You had a question for us? Um, yeah. Um, I keep hearing about people who are eating uh, raw foods and how that um, the raw food way of eating is so much better and healthier because of the digestive enzymes and that cooked food is dead food. And I actually have a friend who went completely all raw food vegan. And I've been listening to your show and it makes a lot of sense. And I've been doing what you guys are doing and I'm feeling better. But this friend of mine is losing weight, feeling better, saying that it's the best thing since spread. So I'm just really confused about some of the information that the raw food people are talking about and then what you guys are talking about. I'm wondering if you can help um, well, address I, that. I, th- I think there's some positive things with both because when people start doing raw foods, what they do is they stop eating processed foods. Yep. And so then they're eating vegetables and they're eating raw nuts and those kinds of things. And all that's good. But if you continue, and I actually had a client that I had worked with about five years ago, and she actually had some problems with depression, and we had her eating kind of what we call the weight and wellness way, and she was doing well. Her job was working well, even under the kind of that biochemical depression that she had. Mm -hmm. And then she got involved with the raw foods movement, and she started doing that. And yes, she did lose a lot of weight. She actually lost... I thought way too much weight Mm -hmm. and she ended up losing her job because her brain did not function as well because she was not getting enough good protein. Protein. So I think it depends on each person individually. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're really well, stable, good, everything's going good. You know, maybe you can do raw foods. I, I, I don't know. I really question it, but uh, you know, so you you take the good parts and you, yep. you know, so that's all you can do. Yep. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's good in a sense because it helps detox your body and it helps you, you know, eat a wide variety of foods. But, yeah, like Dar said, it's it's sometimes hard for some people's bodies to handle that way yep. of eating. So, yep. 
So I think, you know, on a short-term basis, it's probably just fine. But on a long-term basis, I think you start losing some of the major major nutrients that you get from animal protein. Yep. So. I mean, unless you're eating a lot of raw fish. Yep. So if you eat raw fish, the sushi, great. Okay. And that'll get your your transmitters up. Yep, that's right. Thank you for the call. Thanks, Cheryl. You're welcome. Um. And then we have um, Janet on line one. Janet, you had a question for us? Good morning, Good Janet. Morning. Janet? Hello. Hello. Yep. You have a question have a for question? us? Yes. I heard. Hi. I heard on Dr. Uh, Hello. 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 We're still here. We're here. I, I heard on Dr. Oz that something called Miracle Berry. I've never, I, I don't, I don't know that, that one. one. No. Well, this is something to look into because I'm a super taster. Are you familiar with that? Nope. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Extra taste buds that yeah. t- t- oh. t- taste all the bitter compounds in vegetables. Yeah. So Miracle Berry, apparently if you chew it before you eat bitter foods, they taste sweet. Hmm. hmm. So, nope. I've never heard of that at I all. Yeah, if you could maybe do some research on yep, that, that would can. be awesome. Sure. Okay, very good. Definitely. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you for Thanks, the call. Janet. And then I think we have time for one more. Rob, you had a question? Yes, hi. 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 Good um, morning. I've been uh, following the low-carb diet, you know, getting rid of the complex carbs and all that, and I was wondering about sugar alcohols. I know there's some factions that take them off the carbs to make them into net carbs, and I know different sugar alcohols affect people differently, and I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Well, my sense about sugar alcohols is not to overdo them, Mm -hmm. and I know sometimes, I mean, we actually have some bars at our office that have sugar alcohols. They're not my favorite thing to have people use, you know, but that's just my opinion. When you look at the research, they say that they're safe. We do know that a lot of sugar alcohols will give people gas mm-hmm. and often sometimes diarrhea. Yeah. So, but then there's xylitol that is used as in toothpaste yep. that kills off bacteria. So, you know, you have to just kind of yeah. There's good, good there's good properties to them, but then there's also negative effects. So yeah, yeah. So is xylitol better than the other sugar alcohols? Or? It seems to be. It seems to be because of that that protective. Um, right. Yeah protectiveness against bacteria so well thanks so much yeah thanks Rob. Yeah, thank you for the call um so how are we doing there <laughs> we have we, about a minute we've answered a lot of questions yes so anna what do you want to answer the one on cravings or do you because we, we have a couple of emails here too yeah we do should we do that cravings or should we do an easter menu <sighs> what do you think you know it's your call <laughs> maybe we should do the cravings one okay since it is the question one so okay all right, so we had we got an email from Maureen, and she was wondering about you know what can be done for cravings. She eats really well in the AM, and and then and she gets into like after work about five o'clock p.m. She just you know she's sabotaged. Yep. Um. So she wants to know you know how can she get over the those those cravings later in the day? Well, I think it's a blood sugar issue first mm-hmm. of all. If you are hungry and having cravings at four thirty five o'clock. You have not eaten enough lunch and you have not eaten your snack. Yep. And so 
you know, maybe you need a more substantial snack. And that's what I'm finding a lot of people. They love to have a cup of chili at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or yep. a bowl of our chicken wild rice soup. Yep. and Or maybe salmon salad on celery or something yep. like or that. Or turkey roll-up. Yeah. You know, that could be simple, just like that. Yep. So. Or I like to have a little bit of steak, yep. oh, you yeah. know, and uh, maybe some celery with a little bit of nut butter in the celery. And that's perfect yeah. Yes, for my blood sugar. That works. Me too. So some other ideas. Um, some other ideas is, you know, sometimes people's neurotransmitters are off in the, in the brain and they need some help there. And yep. that's, you know, crave control. Yep. Dar formulated it. It helps build serotonin, dopamine, and it'll help you get off that sugar. Thank you. Thank happy, you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.